is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Bailey Tompkinson over Zoom video. Bailey lived all over growing up. Uh, she was born in Darby area, where our dear friends the Struts are from. And then she moved around quite a bit due to her dad's job. Uh, she ended in St. Ives, which is south in the UK. Very beachy town. It looks beautiful from the pictures. And uh, she talks about how she got into music. Her mom was in a band growing up. She's a classically trained singer, so she taught Bailey how to sing. She started playing guitar around nine. And at 11, she wrote her first song. And she said she got inspired by a movie or, or a film of some sort because she said she wrote the song about a boyfriend that she didn't have and a car accident that happened. Very dramatic song. And she ended up playing it at her school's assembly. So she plays this very heavy song to like 400 people. And uh, people are very encouraging, but they're asking questions about what the song is about. She continues to build her craft and she ends up attending school to learn about music management and uh, the music industry. At 19, she releases a song called I Wish It Didn't End This Way. And the music video for the song goes number one on the iTunes chart. She talks about that, getting a phone call from a random journalist. She does this interview with them. And then the next day, there's all these articles about her. She's in the Daily Mail and a bunch of massive massive outlets in the uk so she talks about that experience where she was when COVID happened how that affected kind of the momentum she had going with uh, that song i wish it didn't end like this she talked about her new song deja vu and all about her brand new ep coming out called california fire you can watch the interview with bailey on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards it would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel like us on facebook and follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be rad if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Bailey Tompkinson. Hi. Hi, how are you? I do this every time. My screen is always flipped the wrong way around. <laughs> it's all good. Sometimes it doesn't even flip. Like if you flip it, it'll just flip you also. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad it was able to work out. <laughs> uh, how well, are nice you? to meet you. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you too. I'm Adam. And this is about you and your journey in music. We'll talk about the EP and uh, your new song, Deja Vu as well. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Very exciting. Very cool. So uh, first off, where were you born and raised? So I was born in Derbyshire okay. and I then moved to Italy for a bit and then back to Derby, then to Brussels and then to St. Ives, all with my dad's job. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was Derby? kind of everywhere. Yeah. I lived in Derby. Um, it's like I lived in this little estate called Heverton for a few years growing up and went to like primary school there, but I did most of my growing up in St. Ives. That's where I went to like secondary school and all my friends now are in St. Ives and stuff. Oh, interesting. I only ask because, uh, do you know the band, the Struts? Yes. Okay. They're from Derby. Oh, are they? Yeah, those are good friends oh, of mine. Weird. Yeah, isn't that random? No way. <laughs> That's so weird. Maybe they know I went to the school I went to or something. I was at a school called St. I uh, called no, it was a little over. 
community school and I was there for like a few months before I moved abroad. So it was like okay. a big one in Derby. So they might've even gone to that school. They probably went just, there. Yeah. I, I don't really yeah. know what school they went to, but that's so funny. It's so weird. Small world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you, you said you moved abroad at, at what age? So I moved abroad when I was about 11. Okay. You moved to um, Italy. Is that what you said? Oh, I moved to Italy when I was about three or four. So I was only there about a year. So I only okay, picked so up t- a little bit of the so slang tell me, and stuff. Yeah, tell me where you, how you bounced around. Cause it sounds like you lived a lot of places. Yeah. So my dad's job, um, he worked for an international business. So we had to move around a bit with that. And um, it was challenging, but you know, it, I, it opened my eyes to a lot of the world and I'm very grateful that I got to experience all those cultures and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd learn new languages and I was like 13, you know, having to speak French in the city and stuff like wow. that, which is really unusual for, for me. You know, I, I was not someone that grew up in environments like that. So um, it was challenging, but I, I really loved it. And it's uh, made me definitely love traveling now. Like I'm always mm-hmm. thinking about where to go next and where to play with gigs and stuff. So sure. Definitely, it's awesome. Wow. Wow. So you, can you still speak French or is that something that you just knew as a kid? A little bit. I can speak like a little bit of French, like enough to get me by. Like um, I went to Spain, weirdly, I went to Spain in October and some man was like, some guy was speaking to me in Spanish. Like I only know a tiny bit of Spanish. And I was like, uh, oh, you know, I, I don't, I can't really speak it. And then he was saying French. And I was like, yeah, I can speak like Petit Francais. And I was like speaking a little bit of yeah. French to him. And, um, but that was like the, the only time I've done it in years. So that was really like, how on earth did I remember that? It was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome though so when did you get into music or like when did you start playing music so I was I've been doing music my whole life so I was always like singing my mum used to sing in a band when she was growing up and she's had like lessons and stuff so my mum is classically trained how to sing so she taught me how to sing and I picked a guitar up when I was about nine, uh, just because I was like obsessed with like Hannah Montana and music. I just love music. So um, I learned guitar at nine and then I started writing songs at 11. And I was about probably probably about nine when I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I kind of was always known though. It's weird. Like I remember being like four or five and understanding that I wanted to do music. Um, But yeah, so I was, I was 11 and I wrote a song um I, it was complete fiction um I was very, I watched a lot of films mm-hmm. so I wrote a song about like this like boyfriend who obviously I didn't have a boyfriend but it's like boyfriend figure and he was like in a car crash and it was really dramatic and I like got on stage and sang this song to like Whoa. 400 people and everyone was like what is she doing <laughs> oh my god first how did you get a show playing to 400 people it was a school I was in. We had like this massive like auditorium, which was really great. And we did a lot of like concerts and stuff. And this was in Brussels at a school called BSB. And um, yeah, you it did, was. You I did was, like a talent show or something? It was like a rock show. So I actually had to convince the teachers to let me do it because I was too young. Okay. And I did. And then I started doing them all. But I was like the youngest by like three years. Pretty much so there are other time. kids that were that played music yeah. at the school and they would put together like a concert of all the bands for from the school. Yeah, I kind of just did like all the concerts that they had going, though, like even the jazz ones. Like I'd have to I just find a way in to performing. I just be like, oh, I heard you've got this one going on. Can I do this one? And they just kind of let me uh, do all of them. The teachers are like there was a couple that were like really took me under their wing and just kind of let me play on anything I wanted to do. So it was That's really so cool. great 
just like building my stage confidence and stuff mm-hmm. just performing regularly that was that definitely helped and got me used to being on stage so when you sang the song about this boyfriend and this car accident and all that you uh were you said 11 when that happened? yeah i was like 11 yeah oh i don't even know why i came up with that I think I just watched something. I don't know, like the time traveler's wife or something, something really dramatic. And I just went and w- wrote a really dramatic song about, I, I genuinely don't even know. I just had a bit of a wild imagination, but, sure. um, but, but yeah, I think a lot of parents were confused. <laughs> right. But you did this. Uh, was that your first show you ever, ever played? And was that the first time you ever played that song really in front of people? Yeah, it was the first song I ever like played of my own. I sang on stage like songs like Whitney Houston songs and stuff growing up at like school assemblies and things, but okay. I'd never played a song of my own. And that was like my first experience of being on stage, like with my guitar, just like by myself with my own song and just like watching everyone's faces, like how people react to it. Cause that was something that scared me so much was like, is everyone going to laugh at me? Mm-hmm. So I was like an 11 year old girl. And I like, I don't know. I just felt like a fish out of water, like completely like all the other kids at the concert were like a lot older and there were a lot of them were like, had like leather jackets on and they were like quite rock and roll. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like just there with my acoustic guitar and I didn't really know how I was going to be perceived, but, mm-hmm. um, but I just, you know, I, it went well, I did it again. So. Yeah. Like how did you get the confidence <laughs> to get up there? It was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Who cares? Yeah, it was completely like, I don't know. I just, I, I was always like never faced by being on stage. Like I was actually in some ways more confident on stage than off stage. Cause I was quite shy growing up and it's almost like sometimes like you're putting on an alter ego, like mm-hmm. a more exaggerated version of yourself. So um, I just kind of did it and then just kept doing it. And I, I loved it. I learned, I learned to, you know, it became a very safe space for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. What was the reaction when you got off stage to the song that you had played at 11? That didn't like have any sort of like, uh, you know, first off, like what, you know, what was that song about? That's so crazy. And then that like getting that reaction, did that, you know, uh, affect you as far as like getting up and doing it again or not at all? Was it like, or running your song maybe by someone? I, I don't know. Did that deter you at all? Well, everyone was like really supportive and okay. Um, everyone's coming up to me after the show. I was the youngest one there by quite a lot and just being really, I was about 11. Everyone mm-hmm. was just being really, really nice and supportive. Like, oh, I love that and this about it. And I think that definitely gave me the confidence to get up and do it again. Um, mm-hmm. And there was one teacher called Neil and he was like really cool. And he used to liken me to Joni Mitchell when I was younger because I had like the long hair with my guitar. And then I got into Joni Mitchell and I thought, oh, that's a really cool compliment. If he thinks my writing's like that, then mm-hmm. he must think I'm like that. And that's like a really big thing for me. And that kind of gave me a bit of confidence as well if people thought that um, I was good enough to go up again. So um so yeah just kind of naturally i just kept doing it Mm -hmm. and then when do you like and that's just kind of how you continued to uh to to just build your 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 following and then like you had what another uh song that was number one on the itunes charts is that what i read yeah so much later yeah so that happened when i was 19 and it was a song called i wish it didn't end like this um it was a music video went to number one Wow. And it went like really crazy. Um, so I woke up in the morning. Basically, I did an interview with um, with a guy and um, he sold the interview without me knowing to some major press. 
So I woke up on one, like one Monday morning and I was in the Metro and I had like my picture all in the Metro and I was in like the Daily Mail and oh, wow. I was getting like major labels emailing me and managers and like the top agents and like it went absolutely crazy. And I was like in London, like straight away when that happened and it all happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so this song, I, I wish it didn't like this. I wrote it in like 20 minutes, my bathroom floor when I was like heartbroken mm-hmm. and I went and recorded it and it was a really special one for me. Um, and yeah, I just put it out there, did a music video and it went, went to number one. And it definitely like changed my life. Like I went on like radio for women's hour and, I was getting interviews from like, I was in like Hello Mag and um, wow. I was getting like Levi's had me over to their office and were kitting me out in Levi's clothes. And <laughs> it just all went like really cra- crazy, like really fast. Um, it was a very exciting point in my life. Definitely. Wow. Okay. Well, it, let's get to that part. So before that you were just, uh, was it just continued to write and, and put music out and like, like when did it, like, what were you doing prior to that moment when that song really blew up? Yeah, so I've been releasing music since I was about 17. Okay. Um, I'd been kind of just writing and performing and independently growing up um, just because I loved it. But also I wanted to um, build a, like a following and kind of get my, um, I guess, like... Um, what trying to think of the word I've I completely forgotten the word but I okay. really wanted to I guess develop myself and yeah, yeah. get comfortable on stage and um, understand what I was doing and understand the industry and I did it uh, an A-level course at college which like focused on the industry and um, different like deals and different like doing it independently versus with a label versus independent labels and what happens when you have a manager or an agent on board. So I was getting myself like clued up for it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand it properly before I like went into the industry. Um, And then I was releasing music from about, yeah, about 17. Um, And then uni came about and I never went to uni. I uh, decided to just go for it with music and then um, reapply if if it all went wrong you know uni's always an option there somewhere for me but I kind of I didn't it, I knew it wasn't my uh, my route so mm-hmm. um, yeah so I just went through it and started doing music full-time since I was about 18. Wow okay so you you went to do you feel like that class and and that schooling prepared you for that moment when you were 19 and that video just went nuts? Yeah, in a lot of ways it did because um, I un- I understood the music industry in a way that I wouldn't have if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more, though, that you don't anticipate and that you can't learn because one of the funny things about the music industry is that like things happen randomly when you don't expect it. And uh, pretty much everything that's happened to me with music has happened when I've not expected it or, you know, you can't prepare yourself. So you kind of just have to, when you, you know, go into, go into it, just know that you could get a call from this guy to do an interview or you could um, play a show and there's a lot more people there than you think, or, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know what's going to happen or what's around the corner. So I think just learning as much as you can from an early age and preparing yourself, I guess is the best thing you can do. But 
nothing did really prepare me for when everything went crazy with that uh, Mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Tell me about that song again. Okay. So you put the song out in the music video and you would upload it onto iTunes, not thinking you just do it independently. Like you would any other song independent or just put it up there to see what it's going to do. And then how quickly does it go to number one? And tell me like what, like that whole piece of it, like how did that all happen? So the song was out first and then I released the music video um, and that went to number one. Like, I think it was like overnight or something. Like it was pretty much straight, like pretty much straight away. People would have probably pre-saved it as well and pre-downloaded it. And that, you know, before when it's released, then it goes straight into the charts if people already buy it beforehand. Just based Um, off of what the, the success of the song originally going out. Like, how did yeah. like, do you know how that all happened? Like the pre-saves and, and, and all that? Um, so with like the song itself, I know the song was actually featured on a Spotify playlist, which was really okay. cool, like an editorial. That's yeah. So that's it awesome. start so that started to generate some streams and stuff through being things like that. And that's some, like a Spotify editorial playlist is like a really big thing for an artist because mm-hmm. you never know if you're gonna get on one. And when you do, it's like really, really lucky. Um, and so that probably would have helped, but the music video, yeah, that went, that, I, I wasn't really expecting that if I'm honest, Mm -hmm. it just, it was like, you just kind of hope people are going to like it and people download it, but then it went to number one and I was like right next to like the Pussycat Dolls and like Kylie Minogue and Miley Cyrus and people like that. And I was like, oh, hey, (laughs) that's so crazy. So at that point, like you, you woke up in the morning, you look over or you check the charts or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at number one. Like, yeah. what? And then yeah. was it that later that day you start seeing press about you? So no. So what happened was um, a couple of press wrote about it. Some like local press. And then some guy saw that I was number one in the iTunes charts and he like music video and he um, messaged me. It's like, do you want to do an interview? And he didn't really say like who he was, but I was just like, yeah, sure. That's, that's cool. So um, he gave me a ring. And we just had a chat about the song, about how it came about. And what actually happened was he, he said to me, um, so what's it like being next to the Pussycat Dolls? And I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. I had a Happy Meal toy of them when I was a kid. And he they went, do you want to be a Happy Meal toy? Yeah, like like a ring, like a ringing phone thing of That's like crazy. one of their that. songs. Yeah, and so I said that, and he was like, you "Would must you have like cooler to be- toys, cooler McDonald's <laughs> toys than we do here?" We, I had some really like class McDonald's toys, but yeah, it was it was funny because he was like, "Would you like to be a, a Happy Meal toy?" And I was like, "It's the dream," but I said it sarcastically. Sure. And that's what the Metro put as a headline that the meal deal. <laughs> So that must have been like the the thing that oh, sold. The, the, yeah, the, like uh, the the catch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so, that's funny. Yeah. So then that happened literally like a few days after I did the interview, and I had no idea. I thought it was just going to go to some like local paper or something, and then it went in the press, like in the like pretty much everywhere. It was like everywhere in the UK. So, um, so yeah, that's that's what. And happened. then you get all these calls. Then people are just like, "Hey, like you know, what are you up to? Like we're blah 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 label." And then, what, yeah. what are you thinking at this point? Like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. Like, how do you navigate now having all this attention really quickly? 
Well, I was like, I thought I'd been on like punks, like Aston Kutcher's punks or something. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, it was like my mum came in and she was like, Bailey, you're in the Metro. And I'm like, what? Like, am I? I don't remember doing that. And yeah. it, I was like, oh my God, that's the interview I did. But um, it was very overwhelming because I was like, I was like 19 and um, I didn't, you know, it's not really something I know people have gone for, like people I know. I've gone through so it was like I couldn't speak you know my friends and stuff hadn't gone through it so it was like it was quite unusual but it was like I was so excited by it I was like this is such a rare opportunity sure. I'm just gonna try and make the most of this opportunity and I spent quite a bit of time in London like going to meetings and stuff and then COVID happened and it oh, hold during on. that whole wave oh my god yeah it's it's it was like unfortunate COVID happened, but at the same time, I'm very lucky that it happened before COVID because it might not have happened at all if like the press might not have ever happened if right. you know COVID came sooner. Sure, sure. So that happens, and then you okay, you have all this momentum, and then COVID happens, and then how do you uh, deal with that? And 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 do you is that when you start working on the CP or? Are you concerned yeah. with, okay, like now this is going on, like, is that going to, you know, put the fire out on my song and my, you know, music? Well, the, it was like really, really hard, like being in the industry when, like independently when COVID happened. Um, I'm very, very lucky that, you know, I've got the support of my parents and, you know, that, that stability, but for an independent artist, I know lots of artists that really, really struggled, you know, just getting mm -hmm. like food on the table. Like, so I've got friends, like artists that who have kids and their whole income is from gigs. And sure. it's like, you know, they're like, how are we meant to make money in this situation? And it was really hard, but I was very lucky that I have the stability of being at home with my parents. So um, I just spend the whole time making the most out of being at home. Uh, mm -hmm. writing a lot of music I wrote like pretty much most of the EP uh, I think maybe even all the EP in lockdown wow um, there was there's one or I think it's just one song on the EP yeah one song on the EP is a co-write and I did that in lockdown on Skype or Zoom or something um, so that was cool and then I did like sessions so I did like a sessions for Boardmasters and for Levi's and DC Shoes and I'm with like Select, which is like a model model management in the uh -huh. UK, like in London. But I'm on their talent roster. So um, I did a few things like DC shoes through them. That's and cool. Yeah, really cool. So I was keeping myself busy and just writing and just kind of like, I guess there's two ways you can go about it. Like with lockdown, you can like be in the house and be really bored and like crying. Or you can be like, you know what? I'm going to get off my ass and work and just sure. do as much as I can. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I did. Um, even though we're like, we're only allowed out of the house like once a day at that point, it's which so is really crazy. hard. Yeah. Really oh hard. My goodness. But, yeah. So yeah, it was busy. <laughs> <laughs> so your new song is Deja Vu. Yes. That's the newest one. Tell me about the song. And then is, is there a music video? I couldn't find a music video. And if there is a music video, does it have to do with uh, the the photographs you post on Instagram and the cover so, of it? Yeah, no, so it's not related to the artwork, but I'm okay. actually filming the music video tomorrow. Oh, which interesting. Is funny timing. Yeah, so I'm shooting okay. the video tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so Deja Vu... We, the band and I, so all the songs on the EP that's coming out, 
um, or Deja Vu, Deja Vu being one of them, mm-hmm. um, the band and I worked really hard on together. And I kind of wrote that one um, inspired by like Mazzy Star and like that shoegazy 90s oh, feeling, sure. that holiday summer kind of feeling. And um, there's like Fading to You by Mazzy Star was really influential on that one. And um, the Cardigans have been very influential oh, yeah. now, like the EP okay. as well. So, um, so yeah, when I was writing that one, it, it came about really quick. That one, actually, I wrote that one really fast. I think sometimes when I get into like a flow of a song, it just happens. Like it just pours out of me in like an hour max. Mm-hmm. Like I don't tend to spend more than an hour writing the song originally. And then I'll go back and edit it and make it better. Oh, interesting. Um, wow. That's quick. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fast. It's a really weird, like process though. Like, it just happens really fast. And then I'm kind of a little bit like confused, like where did all that come from? Mm-hmm. I've used words here that like, I don't use in usual, like modern day language. Like <laughs> why do I, why do I write like this? But, um, but no, it's, it's one of my favorites from uh, the EP. Definitely. It's like, and it gives me like some vibes and I think it'll be nice for like this summertime. So, so yeah, really excited about that one. Very cool. Yeah. So nothing to do with fast times is not part of the, the, the music video at all. Because no, so the, the, the artworks from it, it looks similar to like Fast Times, right? Is that where you, is that where you got it from? Like the pool scene? No. Oh no, no. So oh. the the artwork is actually from last summer, and it wasn't originally going to be the artwork. But I did this shoot with my friend Megan Hemsworth, and she's like an awesome photographer. She does like portraits and surf and stuff. And um, we did it in my friend's pool. So one of my my friends has a pool, and I was like, "Can we do a shoot in the pool?" and um, we did, we were in the pool for like two hours. I got like really cold at the end of it. Um, but yeah, it was like the end of last summer. And I had like some of these photos like in the bank and I was kind of looking through them. I was like, oh my God, these songs fit really well with the song. And so I ended up using that artwork as, uh, yeah, like those pictures as the artwork and like the pictures to like promote it and stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I thought you were, okay, never mind. Have you seen the movie Fast <laughs> Times at Ridgemont High? I don't think so. Uh, watch it and you'll know exactly what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Times. Awesome. Right. Oh, that's funny. Um, cool. Okay. So that's awesome. What Can you tell me what the, the idea of the video is going to be? Or are you going to save that? So we're going to be like quite beachy. I, something I wanted for the song was to like, I kind of like this like super idea. I guess it depends how it turns out in the end, but um the idea I had for it was very like dreamy, very beachy, very summery. Um, hopefully the weather is good tomorrow, but um, like quite surfy, I think very on brand for me. Cause like, you know, something that's so important to me is like my surf community that I've grown up in. Mm-hmm. And I really try to capture that in my music and my imagery and like my visual, because that's like me. And um and yeah, something that we tried really hard with the EP was like that surf rock feel because that's something that's so important to us as a band because I mean, my, my boys from the band are all from Cornwall and, you know, all of us like surf and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's so cool. it was really important. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know exactly where you were from. So I looked it up before and then because I was like, oh, the record's called California Fire. I'm from Southern California. So like oh, I read cool. that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I looked at it and it, it looks very similar to San Diego where I grew up. 
oh yeah oh amazing I really want to go to California I've never actually been to California Fire so I feel like a fraud putting this EP out called California Fire uh, no <laughs> no but it makes sense it all makes sense but that you so there's yeah it looks like you can surf and everything where where uh, you're from or you live I guess yeah so I'm in St. Ives which is um yeah it's like right at the bottom of Cornwall mm-hmm. um we actually had like Donovan used to come down here and write a lot of his music down here. And it's like oh, very wow. much a hub for music. Like there's lots of people who are passionate about music here. And, you know, growing up, like when I was like early teens, I go to like these writers rounds with like these old men in pubs. We'd sit in a circle and just sit and play music together for like hours. And, um, and yeah, it's got a great, great music, great music hub down here. Definitely. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Bailey, thank you so much for uh, taking time to hang out with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, One more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Advice aspiring artists. I think it's just kind of like finding your niche and like really pushing that, like finding what makes you, you and interesting and different to other people and just really focusing on that because I think something that makes artists so interesting and unique is like Stevie Nicks. Do you know what I mean? Like she's got like that voice and she really hones in on that voice and her style. And I think, you know, if you've got like a unique thing, really don't be afraid to share it, like really exaggerate it to, to all you can, you know, it's, it's what makes you, you. And I think just really stick with it and just, yeah, believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs>